Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 28 of BXB's Bits and Bobs. It's been like a month since we did one of these. It's my fault. Hands up. I went on vacation, but I am back now. The guys, while I were away, went into some form of summertime hibernation, I'm pretty sure. Well, Richard did. Joel was putting content on the site, but Richard has no excuse. Um, so there you go. How are you guys? Hello, Joel. Hello, Ben. I'm very well, thank you. Hello, Richard. Hello. Are you going to ask how I am? Yeah. Oh, how are you, Richard? Oh, I'm fine. It was thanks. like a group hello. And how are you? But you know, that's that's fine. You feel you want to feel slighted, Richard? You know, you can pretend there's more against you just than you know, other than the male pattern baldness. <laughs> that's fine. You know, because you know, we need to pile things on in our lives just to make <laughs> ourselves feel more put upon. That's and right. Get more sympathy. Look at me. I'm stuck with a ginger beard. I mean, like, <laughs> I don't know. I I might take baldness <laughs> over the ginger beard, frankly. So I'm. Um, I don't know. What about? Would you make that decision, Richard? How would you choose? Would you go ginger to have hair? Well, I think the the thing is, that is a lifestyle choice for you, not so much for me. <laughs> it's not a choice, because if I don't have a ginger beard, I look about 14. So <laughs> it's either... To be honest, I haven't tried that in, a, in quite a few years. Maybe I should try it. Maybe I'll just realise I look like a, a horrible 50-year-old man now, and I just look really like ancient and like you are when you're 50 obviously uh god that's just around the corner um but like you know maybe i should do it maybe i should shave it off should i sh hashtag should ben shave the beard vote now on twitter i think you should plait it go for some the, sort of viking wife, style plaited beard the wife wants to put beads in my beard like shameless oh, from it. wrestling Richard. Do, do it do it now that is an idea do that well i will i say this if i if me and if we all get into streaming more you yeah. know and like on camera streaming because you know, we'll talk about that, but we experimented with some streaming this week uh, for Marvel Heroes and Mega. But if I do that more, maybe I will have strange physical affectations to keep people's attention. Yeah, maybe that's not. That. You could pull that off. I'll be Cesaro. Only if you wear a quick tearaway suit. <laughs> Deal? Fine. Deal? Cool. Neither of us get in shape though, because that would just ruin the illusion. <laughs> so I'll be I'll be fat Seamus and you can be I was gonna say bald Cesaro, but he's already bald. That's why I said it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I haven't watched wrestling in like six months, so I don't think I'm gonna talk about that. I haven't watched the pay-per-view in ages, Richard. I don't know if you've been keeping up to date, but I've just all I know is Alberto Alberto Del Rio likes to beat women namely page that's the only wrestling news i can tell anybody at the moment so that's that's pleasant isn't it i've not heard that news but neither of them wrestling are they anymore uh not not for the wwe's no but del rio was the <laughs> he was the champ at tna and then had it stripped from him due to beating up page oh, um so that you know keeping it classy in wrestle town i don't i don't know i can tell other wrestling news seth rollins is on the cover for the new wwe game yeah, and I'm pimping out the Switch version just yesterday. For some reason, I always get excited about them, and it's not that far away. That's October, I think. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure it'll suck like the last one did, but hey. Um, I need to check out that Fire Pro Wrestling game, though. I know Rob was crazy for it, so let's give that a go. Yeah. Do you heard about that one, Rob? Have you heard about that one at all, Rich? I've heard. Uh, hang on. Let me sort the dog out. He's going mental. Um, okay. I've heard about it. I haven't looked too much into it. Yeah, Rob was like a, a staple for wrestling games back in the day. I remember he came around my house once with my brother and um, played wrestling games. 
for I think in excess of 24 hours. I think that happened. They certainly came around and watched their height in WWF VHS tapes. That's amazing. So <laughs> yeah, between that and playing No Mercy on the N64, I think they had wrestling kind of wrapped up. But yeah, I, I can see why he'd be excited about something like that. So hopefully it's good. The WWE ones, I've played the last couple. And they seem to get worse. Is that I don't know if that's a regular? I, I definitely think the last one was worse than the one before it. Yes, yeah. I, and that's the main reason I get sworn at on YouTube. <laughs> that that one review is the main reason. It's always in the comments for that. F this, S this, see this. Oh, delete block report. Delete block report. <laughs> and that's generally how I deal with those ones. <laughs> um, Joel, any uh, wrestling news from you? Uh, side of the world no 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 me and my wife have been keeping things quite normal <laughs> <laughs> but who who's to say normal perhaps that's abnormal at least no. in the company you seem to keep joel no no, um, role, no role play in the past month <laughs> <laughs> we have all of a bit of the show notes here before we get into the myriad of little games we've been playing we've been playing all the games uh, it seemed in the last month but before we get into that we've all been watching stuff on services and in cinemas and things like that. Uh, Richard, you, you've got Baby Driver here. I, I missed Baby Driver while I was away. Um, I just, oh, I, I think it's, it's, it's yeah, I just, it's too many films, man. It's like War of Planet of the Apes is coming out, is out now, and there's like, there's something every week. I don't have, I can't go back. It's like, you know, there's no time. So I'll probably wait for that one on Blu-ray. But do you rate it? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, you've got a cinema pass, haven't you? What's your I do, but I don't live that close. I have to like, drive out there and stuff and it's a bit of an effort and yeah anyway i've got i've got excuses for days richard just tell me about baby drive it's great i don't know if um you're a fan of edgar wright but i kind of love everything <laughs> he does i just um, said i was and then he made the world's end yeah that is garbage. the nadir of his career certainly yeah. I, i'm with you on that but this is an uptick. It's uh, totally back on track for what you expect of Edgar Wright. It's funny. It's got the visual flair of an Edgar Wright film, the way that um, every shot is shot, every line is um, delivered. Written? <laughs> it, just, it just feels so comic booky, but in a way that it doesn't feel fake or unrelatable. Um, the, just, the one just, I've heard, the, the parallels I've heard with this is with Scott Pilgrim. I've heard people like, comparing the two a bit in tone yeah. and, and stuff it kind of is like scott pilgrim obviously without the video game visual special effectsy stuff um but in terms of tone the way it just the the real selling point for edgar wright um and and this film is the way that he weaves it into the soundtrack mm. the entire thing is built around the soundtrack to the point that i'd almost call it a musical with no singing in it okay and how that works i don't know but it certainly does every scene flows uh, rhythmically the acting i think they had uh wires on while they were acting so they could hear the soundtrack as they were working and they mm. acted in time with the soundtrack That's and it comes cool. across in every single scene everything is rhythmic and it, it feels like um you know the best feeling of rhythm action games except you're watching it in the cinema that sounds really brother. curious. Yeah, as an experiment and stuff as in yeah. filmmaking, I'd be definitely I'm definitely gonna check it out. However, it's like I'm looking at it and I'm going, I could probably get the same experience from that at home. So uh, 
not sure. It, I I think because it works so hard to be this bombastic, big, um, brash experience. Certainly, uh, with the sound, um, probably more so than the visuals. You need it big and loud, and big in the cinema, it totally delivered. I'll I'll, I'll I'll certainly watch it again at home, but I'm glad I saw it in the cinema. And all those other movies that you mentioned coming out, yeah. want to see them just as much. But I, I think this was my first choice because um, it, it looks like one of those films that kind of gets sidelined for the reasons yeah. you said. I mean, it, it doesn't look like it might, might might be one of those big blockbuster movies, but that's kind of the reason I wanted to give it some time, especially after Scott Pilgrim kind of bombing. Uh, this needed some support, and I knew it was going to be good from what people were talking about. So get it watched. If you haven't already, I'll try. I'll try. I will make every effort because, I, yeah, I like I like directors that are auteurs that have a style that are yeah. definable and recognizable. Uh, be it, you know, it's the same thing for me with comic books and any any form of medium. If you can if you can look at something and go, ah, that's a X by a Y, and then it's like because so much stuff nowadays is generic, nostalgia driven bullshit that it's kind of nice that, uh, you know, there are people making things that are truly original and fresh and, you know, exciting. And they should be supported, like you said, the cinema. It, it is totally that. It's a pure Edgar Wright movie because he made this off the back of uh, coming off the Ant-Man project, which um, I think was quite a painful experience for him, having written the script and was planned to direct, bombed out of that project and went straight into this as something that he'd wanted to do at the beginning of his career. I think there was a music video he did that was quite similar to this. Mm. And um, mm. he's come back with quite a personal vision of a movie that he wants to make. And I think the the word auteur is correct in this case. It's exactly the movie that he would want to make. Uh, awesome. Any, any compromise. Very good. It's interesting because talk, we're talking about the Edgar Wright there and stuff and how, you know, he's got a lot of video game inspired sort of you know uh, processes and filmmaking and to be honest i've been watching movies recently and you, you see it more and more like john wick 2 is so heavily video game oh, influenced yeah. it's unreal yeah. it's like it's like watching a first person shooter um at times in that and, and almost to its detriment like almost uh i think it just about gets away with it but the reason i bring up the video game connection is because joel has been watching a straight up video game tv animated series haven't you yeah, this week um, Netflix launched their animated series based on Castlevania. Um, so uh, I sat down and watched it. It's only four episodes long, single series, each episode about 25 minutes. Um, and I, yeah, I thoroughly actually enjoyed it. It's, um, yeah, I think the animation's really good. Um, really enjoyed watching it. It's, very, it's got its own very unique style. It's kind of a bit gory, um, which I find is kind of befitting of the Castlevania atmosphere and things. But yeah, it tells the story... It's kind of set around the Castlevania free um, game. So for those who are familiar with the story of the series, it's, it, it chronicles uh, Trevor Belmont. <laughs> um, Brilliant name. Obviously fighting Dracula <laughs> because it's Castlevania. And it's uh, the first series. Just There's going to be a second series, the third series. So this is just it getting started. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I'd recommend anyone gives it, a, gives it a try and see what they think. What, I've tried what the first my... episode. And yeah. um, I'm not pulled in yet. I was quite disappointed. Does it pick up? Yeah. I, I... Well, I, I, all right. I, I watched it, and yeah, I, di I didn't think the first episode was the strongest. Um, but yeah, I, I think it does pick up slightly. <laughs> I, I watched the first episode, Richard, as well. And how can you not be drawn in by Dracula crying tears of blood? Isn't that like 
so brilliantly emo-y, over-the-top Castlevania-iness. How can you not just love how ridiculous that is? It is um, ridiculous, but I don't think it's re- quite ridiculous enough to pull it off. It feels a bit wishy-washy in how it, it goes for the tone that it does. Um, don't the, the, uh, there was one other big element that attracted me for my comic book nerd side of things is that it's written by Warren Ellis, who is probably mm. my all time favorite comic book writer. He has literally written like 80% of my top 10 comic books. That man, he uh, could do no wrong in his writing in comic books. Uh, so, so to see his credit though, executive producer and written by, I was like, I had no idea he was on it. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to pay more attention now. The writing is quite so. bad though. I mean, I like the animation. That's fine. I think but... it's very in fitting with, the, the universe. I mean, it's very Castlevania. And I, and I think it's not trying to be something else. It's trying to be that. Yeah. So I think I think it succeeds in what it's trying to do. Um, but I can sort of agree. It's, it's melodramatic. You know, it's quite overwrought. It, you know, yeah, it's got it's, it's silly. But it's I think it's cool to see, you know, um, this is this is the guy. This is I think it's is it Ravi Shankar. The, the creative force behind this is the guy who did the the Power Rangers. Did you see that live action Power Rangers short before the film came out a while back? That had the gritty, futuristic no. reboot of of the Power Rangers sort of franchise. He did that, um, yeah, and he is all about kind of like over the top melodrama and style and action, maybe over the actual kind of like characters, really, um, yeah. which has its place, you know. Which, which which can be entertaining. I say, you know, I point back to John Wick and stuff like that. I mean, yeah. that's that's all style over substance. Or any Luke Besson movie ever made. Oh, totally, you know? yeah. So <laughs> there's I'll, plenty I'll, of I'll go back and watch the other episodes. I'm sure I'd get something out of them. It, I just found it a little bit disappointing, especially as someone who was really into um, anime when it had its proper um, popular spell in the 90s. And you were really into anime? Yeah, look, like I bought nearly Shit. everything that came out. I'm, I'm sorry, Richard. Yeah, I'm sorry, Richard. I'm letting you go. I'm just going to kick him from the chat now, Joel. <laughs> um, we we don't have anime people at Big. I'm sorry. It's just <laughs> you've got to have a line. Pedophiles and anime fans, which are kind of the same thing. So um, you know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Rich. Time to let you go. Uh, who knew you had such a dark, twisted? You know, horrible, horrible past, Rich. I had no idea. You work in a comic book store. <laughs> yes, and don't you think I often spit on those people? <laughs> Come on. You know what's going on. Um, but uh, fair play, I didn't know about that, that about you. And uh, I'm going to segue me into another Netflix show now. Richard, have you not watched Glow yet? No. Wrestling Women, isn't it? It's brilliant. And I mean, it's not just brilliant because it's wrestling women, which are pretty fucking brilliant. It's brilliant because it's an amazing ensemble par- uh, cast. Um, loads of great performances. You will love the characters like the director and the producer on this thing. And the fact that it's based off like real events that really happened in the 1980s in L.A. It is fabulous, mate. It's they're short half hour episodes, only 10 of them. You'll fly through it. It's funny. It's touching. And it's wrestling. It's just... Yeah, you know, and Alison Brie, who I just love from Community and, and things like that, uh, it's a fantastic. Yeah, it, it makes Orange Is the New Black look really shit. For example, um, I'm, I'm not a big fan of that anyway. But no, Glow, such a high recommendation for me. I can't believe you've not watched it. I can't believe I, that. I intend to. I mean, sit down with your wife and watch that. You both will 
get a real kick out of it, man. Like I on think this is levels. the thing. It looks like the sort of thing that my wife should watch as well as a fellow wrestling Definitely. fan. Um, Definitely, that's something we'll watch together. Just and the, fine, man. Oh, amen, brother. <laughs> I feel you on that one. I feel like uh, every every day should be sort of taken up to thirty hours just so we can get yeah. through the week. Like there, there's too much stuff to watch. There's too much stuff to play. There's too much stuff to read. There's too much, and then there's work on top of all of that. It just yeah. sucks. I think we should all quit our jobs and just do the things we enjoy. You know, socialist yeah. utopia for the win. Um, one of the uh, the Tory red lines and under Brexit anyway, the days changed to thirty days, thirty hours. So. Thirty days is also plausible. Um, Thirty days, yeah. And I've lost him. Oh no, Ben got cut off. Nope, there he is. He's back. (laughs) Am I back? He's back. Did I did I disappear there? It did look like it froze up. Sorry about this, guys. We we are having some technical problems on this record for some reason. I might actually quit out and come back in a bit when I get you guys talking about something different. Uh, which you don't need me for, which is like PSVR, for example, because I know you guys are both going to discuss that. Um, but I just wanted to mention I saw um, Spider-Man Homecoming. That is a film I did get a chance to go to see in the cinema by myself because my wife absolutely despises Spider-Man. And that's that's fair enough. I can see why, based on his previous movies. Um, have, are, you, are you interested in Spider-Man? Totally, yes. Yeah? My wife loves Spider-Man. Okay, no spoilers then. That's fair. I'll, I'll keep it clean. Um, I enjoyed it. It is the best Spider-Man film yet. However, they try way too hard to fit it into the MCU. Um, there, there are there are scenes that feel ridiculously superfluous to any Spider-Man story that they've just inserted to make you go, "Oh yeah, I remember that thing from that other Marvel movie." Cool, like that. And it's just fucking painful at times for that but once the third act kicks off there's a big character reveal and once they let the film be a spider-man movie and stand on its own two feet as a spider-man movie it's really really good fun uh it suffers from the same problem all superhero films have as well in the third act which is stupidly large hard to follow cgi fight scene um which is just they all do it they all do it some do it better than others this is in i'd say this is under the middle this one's in the middle um but yeah you'll enjoy it if you like spider-man absolutely but it does have it's not perfect and I'm, I'm kind of like reading some of the coverage of it going what film did you guys go and watch like i don't you know you slate wonder woman for these things and then when they do the same problems happen in spider-man you kind of ignore them and it's just the weird marvel bias that seems to be in popular culture and coverage where it's like male bias mm, no, no, I no, I think it's biased towards Marvel films because DC is getting a real hard like kick in. Like everything they do is wrong. Um, well, what's wrong with Wonder Woman? Well, a lot of people were really heavy on that third act, the CGI finale to Wonder Woman. Like there was a lot of criti- uh, criticism of that, and yet I've read very little of the same thing for Spider Man, which has got which is worse in the in the fir- in the final act, I think, than uh, than Wonder Woman was. Uh, at least you could work out what the fuck was going on in Wonder Woman, even if it was a bit. Um, maybe a bit dull in places. Um, I thought it was fine. You know. well, better than fine. They're both it's good a, movies. They're both yeah. good movies. It's it's odd to hear you complain about the um, the Marvel Universe stuff because that's kind of the point, isn't it? Isn't that what the Homecoming moniker is about? He's finally back it's, in the Marvel stable. When you see it, you'll probably see what I mean. It, the, the, I mean, in the previous Marvel movies, the connections to the wider universe, except for the big Avengers movies, the big temple ones, are usually more subtle they're usually incidental in this it feels like they have been very very specific to write one 
um, a cameo there, uh, a pointless scene, uh, whole reams of exposition, you know. Um, like, for example, the way the Netflix stuff, for example, is connected to the wider universe in New York, it's, they don't really bang on about the incident that much, do they? They don't really go on about, you know, the alien invasion every five minutes. It comes up a oh, few no. times. Yeah. But in Spider-Man, it comes up, like, all the time. Um, and it, and it's a bit, it's just a bit jarring. There is a particular scene with Happy Hogan where he's packing up a plane and he lists the contents of the plane. It's just him and he's just walking. It's a green screen sort of scene, you can tell. And he just lists all these things and they're all just references to previous films. And it's just like, that's so fucking forced. You know, that yeah. just, that is weirdly unnecessary. Yeah, and in a complete inverse, so, you know, talk about Baby Driver, I don't think I don't know the name of the director of this Spider-Man film. I suspect nobody ever will know the name of the director of this Spider-Man film, because for all intents and purposes, there was no director of this film. Do you know what I mean? It is just so studio. It is so much Marvel, yeah. like triumphantly saying we've got Spider-Man that you. It could have been made by literally anyone. So oh, kind of why Edgar Wright dropped out of Ant-Man, I guess. For I just sort of reasons. Bet exactly why. Yeah. Um, but it's still it's still a lot of fun. I, I, you know, I'm talking about as this from a, as a comic book nerd perspective. It just I don't think maybe it's as, as great as some people are saying it is. It's definitely not. But it's, it's enjoyable. It's enjoyable. I'm still very excited about Thor. Thor is going to be amazing. Hype for Thor. Um, right. Thor, is that this year? Yes, I, I couldn't tell you exactly which month, but it's before Justice League, which I think is like later on in the year. Um, it's the end of the summer. And that's actually been directed by an auteur. That's being directed by the guy who did Hunt for the Wilder People, um, uh, What They Do in the Shadows. You know, I, can't, I couldn't tell you his name because it's um, New Zealandish, and I'm sure I would get it horribly wrong. It's like something like Taika Wakiki or something like that. <laughs> you shouldn't have tried it. <laughs> no, I shouldn't have tried it, shouldn't I? <laughs> I always come across as so damn racist in these podcasts. Um, <laughs> God damn it. I've done it again. Sin bin, Ben. Five minutes in the sin bin. Bad Ben. Uh, should we talk about some video games? Yeah, go on. Because we've, we've got a few, haven't we? We've got a couple. Joel's just like, please, please, God. Because <laughs> he's going to say something else and he won't be able to take that one back. Uh, right. So we've all been playing loads of games. Uh, Richard, as it's probably really fresh in your mind, because you're writing the review like right now. Yeah. Um, why, don't you, why don't you tell us a little bit about Dragon Bros? Is it bros or brothers? It's bros, isn't it? Well, what's the etiquette? I think since the 80s, you, you're allowed to say bros, aren't you? Technically, it's brothers. But... Bro. Dude. Bro. Or bros. Bros could be bros. <laughs> Dragon Bros. <laughs> the other brother. <laughs> <laughs> um, I suppose it, I suppose it could be. Um, but what is this? Let's of, stop um, talking about the names of where all the game is. Instead of grammar, please. should we talk about the game? Yeah, <laughs> why not? <laughs> right, Crazy. Dragon, Dragon Bros. That's the one I'm going to go with. Is a 2D retro run and gun platform thing, and it's got two dragons in it, which are bros. So that's where the name comes from. So you choose a dragon bro. And you have a gun, um, which is weird because you'd think dragons would not need a gun. But there we are. So dragon has a gun. He shoots stuff, gets to the end of a level, and then you go on to the next level. 
You also do it in um, co-op, so you can have two players. That's where the other Dragon Bro comes in, and you shoot stuff together, and it's fine. It's kind of, that's kind of as excited as I can get about it. It's a game that's pitched as being inspired by Super Time Force, which long-time um, followers of BXB will know I reviewed quite favorably. I really enjoyed that. That was a game that similarly had pixel art aesthetic, chiptune music, leveraged nostalgia quite heavily, but more as texture than its fundamental substance. Um, because it kind of built itself around an, quite an original idea. The time travel mechanic in Super Time Force was its Raisin Detra, and it used the nostalgia aspect as just flavor for that, really. Dragon Bros doesn't have that luxury. It kind of riffs on old ideas more than riffs. It kind of reskins old ideas and doesn't add a lot more, so it's difficult to be excited about it. Um, aside from the, the meat of the game, which is those side-scrolling levels where you shoot enemies on your own or with a co-op partner, there are submissions and side missions on a map that you can unlock. Think like um, Shovel Knight, you know, the map in Shovel Knight where you can go to do main mm. missions and then the submissions that give you a little side quest or something. The side quest missions in this are essentially Pang, uh, that old arcade game from the 90s. A um, bit of Space Invaders chucked in there as well. And the whole thing has a veneer of Bobble Bobble. So it, it's really sort of a pastiche of really old 80s, 90s arcade games without anything fresh of itself. Um, okay. So while it works, it's kind of okay, but I'm not sure what it's for. It doesn't bring anything new, and it it just feels like it's going through the motions, really. And it it kind of it does drag on. <laughs> just sounds a just another one of those games, like you know, yeah. a few things. It's okay, it's fine, it plays. It's not full of bugs. However, it's not like setting the world on fire with originality or creativity. You know. It's fair. Yeah, I mean, I can't say bad. It's fine. Um, it's. It, I, I think it's functional would be the word. I mean, it does have a few odd quirks. There was a couple of times where I would um, die at the end of a level, but I'd done just enough to win anyway. So you get this odd feeling of, um, you know, failure mixed with success. It kind of lets you off. So hmm. I don't know. It doesn't feel um, like it's that polished. It just kind of does what it has to do, and then. It's out of there, you know. So, okay, that's fine. Quite fine, but quickly forgettable. Like you in bed. <laughs> you would not know. <laughs> Good night, Richard. I got you very drunk that night. Very drunk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Joel, I love it. I love Joel's reaction to this uncomfortable laughter. <laughs> Why am I here for these jokes? <laughs> Why wasn't I there? <laughs> oh, that was oh a joke! Right, no, no, we. I, I'm sorry. We have to live stream that one. That one. Everyone's going to need to see that for you soon. Oh yeah, you know it. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about a game now because I want to. Richard, do you remember when I reviewed Meet the Robinsons, the video game, from no. Xbox? 
How how long ago was that? Two thousand and eight. Yeah, you got no chance. Yeah. Well, I remember because it was the last time I reviewed a kids game, like a game, you know, a film tie-in kids game uh, yeah. for Xbox. Back in those days, we we'd basically review what we were given, wouldn't we? It'd be like, you know, there were so many discs flying around, promo copies for for three sixty yeah. games. Mark, you know, whoever the editor was back then, I'm guessing that was still Mike. You know. He'd send it out to us. We'd have a week to turn something around. I, I remember reviewing this game, having never actually seen the film, um, which is a difficult experience for a film tying game. And um, this experience has come around again, Richard, yesterday. Oh, yeah. Because I oh. got a re- I got a review code out of the blue, unrequested for, for Cars 3, Driven to Win. Um, and I thought, hey, this could be, this could be shits and gigs. Um, so, I, so I downloaded this game. <laughs> And I kid you not, I looked. I looked up the developer, right? Mm. Avalanche Software, not Studios, not to be confused with Avalanche Studios. Avalanche Software, and I looked back through um, their their games they've developed, their history. Uh, I'm like, I, I wonder what they've done. I wonder what they've done. And there it is. In sorry, 2007, they developed Meet the Robinsons, Richard. <laughs> so it's the same fucking developer as the last one of these i did nearly <laughs> 10 years ago perhaps about 10 years ago actually basically it was 2007 i'm looking at it right now not 2008 and uh that's just fucking spooky that is that's weird that that spooky hands up. you soul crushing for those guys they've <laughs> <that>. <laughs> I, I remember when i i can't remember the exact score i gave me the robinsons but it was it was average you know it was in the middle like five six something like that not nothing nothing terrible um you know and i can see my review for cars three driven to win being very similar um mm. because it's a pretty mediocre on the surface like you'd think it'd be super easy because it's for kids but it's not i'm like i thought oh, i'll play it on medium um because that'll be a breeze won't it and then i'll bump it up to hard and it's not really i'm not winning everything i'm always i'm always in the top three i'm like am i just i am really shit at video games aren't i that must be it it's car racing then is it yeah presumably which car racing weird cars get right then yeah you know well me the robinsons was a me the robinsons was like a 3d platformer yeah. Um, so yeah, you'd think this would be very cut, cut and paste kind of simple development. Uh, I'm sure Adam, if he's listening right now, is twisting hard wherever he is when he says it's simple to make a kart race. So it probably isn't simple, is it, Rich? Let's be honest. Um, well, I wouldn't say it's simple, but the worst driving game is probably not as bad as the worst platformer. Certainly, three D platformer. Oh, I've played some bad driving games, but no, I, I yeah, okay. But there was more to this, this this than just like going around the circuit. You know, you've got battle modes, you've got um, various like you can do things where you flick the stick and you'll be driving backwards, and you have mm-hmm. to like you get more like turbo boost for being able to successfully do that. You can drive on two wheels, and again, that gives you more benefits. You can jump because it's the cars universe. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I originally tried to give this to Joel because I know he's got a young child and I thought <laughs> maybe, maybe they're into cars. Maybe there'd be some kind of relevance, but no, they've never seen it. Uh, so that's, I struck out on that one. Uh, whether or not this is going to be a proper review or something a little bit different, I suspect a bit different my coverage because I really have no basis to review this on, uh, having never seen the films or, or played, I'm guessing the previous two cars video games. There must've been, other cars video games um has they've been in the uh, disney infinity thing as well haven't they uh, let me let me just give you some stats on this though right eight gigabytes download 
$49.99 price tag. And I'm just like, they want 50 quid for this game? A film tie-in for children in 2017, where you could go on iOS and probably get that tie-in on there for 99p or free. It's just like, this is kind of nuts, but uh, it's not terrible, but I don't know. Very strange. That's a good point, that, because these kind of throw, they are throwaway, aren't they? It's it's basically shovelware. Yeah. yeah, people don't buy them for the game. They buy them for the name. And yeah. If you're going to get the name on iOS for nothing, then why not? Yeah. There must be a diminishing market for this sort of thing on consoles. I'm just I'm just curious. You shouldn't get hung up on a game being obviously only eight gigabytes, um, warranting its price tag. Is it actually short on content in other ways? Um, I'm not getting hung up, but I just wanted to give some like a, a humorous numbers like very small gigabytes for very large price um so no i'm not getting hung up on that but what i'm kind of saying by that as well is that it doesn't look exactly current gen the, the game kind of screams last generation and i'm curious to see i didn't look but i'm wondering if it's out on things like now what other platforms could it be on now actually they don't make games for anything else now do they so i uh, i don't know it just seems low res just seems like very it's not very pretty. I mean, like, like it's designed not... to fit on Switch as well as everything else. Maybe. Maybe it's a Switch thing. Maybe. I really thought of that. Yeah. I, but there's so few games on Switch. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, it could be that. Um. But yeah, it's just uh. It seems okay. It's it's slightly weirdly laid out. Like the way you get go. But so you have like a main menu when you first start the game, and you can select you know race, battle, blah blah blah. But when you actually when you finish a race, it gives you a sub menu where you can just select all of that from there and therefore never see the main menu in which loads of UI design and nice graphics have been put into. So you can literally just go from race to race to race to race or battle to battle to battle or championship to championship or stunt thing to stunt thing to stunt thing and never see the main menu that clearly a lot of effort and time went into making. Um, maybe that is that a thing like for kids because, you know, like a, like watching a box set on Netflix or something, they can just next one, next one, next one, next one. And therefore, they never have to like really like break the f the flow of um, ADD. <laughs> I don't <laughs> any ideas why they would do that. It's a very it seems odd that it doesn't ever push you back to the menu unless you want to. Um, um, yeah, it's just quirk. to keep you in the game quite quickly, I would argue, isn't it? Um, the crux of the gameplay is going to be the races itself. So why why you don't want to waste people's time through the menus? You remember when we had this conversation about um, one of my pet hates in Mass Effect Andromeda was the fact that when he wanted to travel to another planet it did that huge zoom out and zoom extremely pretty looking and the first few times you saw the planetary transition it was great but in the end I was just like look I'm sick of this I want to be able to skip it and sure enough they patched that in which was great but um, that's kind of like the inverse isn't it because you could almost argue that they're making you watch this because so much time and effort went into creating these visuals hmm. that where they've created they've done all this ui design and these nice visuals for the main menu but then they give you the option to never see them but that's what people want the mass effect is it what did, children mass effect did the inverse and people complained about it so hence they hmm. patched it yeah and kids kids attention spans very short so keeping them in the game as quickly as possible I, you see, i'm just i'm just thinking of this poor developer at avalanche studios he spent all that time but all that effort, making everything look lovely. The art, you know, the art guy working with the, you know, the guy doing the UI design, and he's working with the programmer, and then nobody ever sees it. I just feel bad for them. You know, I just want to give him, I just want to give him a hug. Just like, sorry, you're working on Cars Three. You know, what, but you should make him something and post it to him. He'd appreciate it. Like, like craft, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I can make or whatever it is. That's no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sculpt Lightning McQueen 
that's a character from cars i've learned i'm going to sculpt that out of a block of butter and then i'm going to send him the butter no no commission a portrait of you admiring the menu that no one sees and then send it to him <laughs> do, you think jim, do you think jim will paint that do you think i get jim to, jim to paint that what do you think if I, if it, I want a picture of me admiring the cars ui cars three driven to win ui um probably be like what the fuck are you talking about get out uh right <laughs> um so that's my strange experience from yesterday i'm really trying to work out what i'm going to do with that game but who knows maybe maybe not a lot maybe something depends depends how drunk i get maybe next weekend or something um so driven to joel, drink joel because we've both been playing this and i think richard should get his ass in gear and join us in playing this as well what's that why don't you talk about the game that has been dominating not just my life not just your life but even mark's life so go ahead marvel heroes omega so um this is launched now it's available so we uh, did a preview of this just over a month ago um uh, played a bit of a closed and open beta session on the play ps4 uh, it's now launched on both xbox one and ps4 and yeah quite if playing it with friends it's fantastic it's just great fun uh, the game plays plays very much like diablo and it's all about uh, just killing stuff grinding getting better loot and it's all got it's got marvel superheroes it's all set in the comic book universe it's just yeah it's fantastically good fun it's crazy it's hectic sometimes it just gets so extreme you just have no idea what's going on you're like screen is absolutely full of like heroes random enemies like bosses like and then there's just a manner of explosions and light and you could bet you can't even really tell if you're hitting anybody or who you're hitting anymore it's just insane at times uh suddenly uh, you'll you'll see an explosion of loot and experience glotto globes appear and, and stuff so you realize someone just died it keeps going you in fact it's really hard to realize when you die because you keep forgetting to look at your health, health bar um and suddenly you just get a notice on the screen saying oh do you wish to uh respawn or do you want to wait for someone to revive you uh it's it's great it's just really good fun um we've been really enjoying it so far um and the best of all, it's free. Like, you can just go and download the game now. You run through the tutorial. Um, there is about 38 heroes you can pick from. The game will give you enough initial money to choose from one from the what they call the classic set. So you, and then from there you can go. You can play the entire game. There's virtually nothing that you're priced out of, except for some cosmetic items and the other heroes. Or if you want, you can actually grind the currency internally in the game to get that kind of stuff. It's brilliant. You've got nothing to lose um, by giving it a try and seeing if it, if it's your style of game or not. I've like uh, it's just great. And if you've got friends as well, it's just so easy to mm. partner up and get social with them on this game and, and just hack away. I, yeah, I'm loving it. So. Yeah, really good. Definite recommendation. Yeah, Richard, you need to get in on that with us. Absolutely. It is such a great, it's a great chill out game. It's it's I've, so I've good. I just started the install. You're playing it on Xbox, yeah? That's yeah. right. Yeah. Well, me and Joel have got options to play on both. We could actually play on PS4 as well. But I think primarily I'm going to make the Xbox one the uh, my primary platform for it. Yeah, so definitely. Oh, it's, it's, I was, Joel, I was just experimenting with Blade, right? Mm. the last few days um and he's got this interesting uh mechanic where because he's this vampire that's trying to not turn into a, a bad blood-sucking vampire all the time he has to take this thing elixir so uh, about every minute 
your screen will get like red crackly like blood veins show up on it where the vampirism is trying to take over and stuff and you have to hit x and take your elixir but what that does is it it, it gives you like a massive so you if your health's low it will buff your health up it will give you an attack bonus for three seconds and other uh, bonuses for three seconds as well so it's just like it's so cool that like that character has this completely different mechanic to all the others and he's also in, like super fun to play lo really powerful loads of cool attacks so yeah i've just discovered how awesome blade is i mean and that's that's the thing we're talking about these 38 characters i mean they're going to bring in more but there is there is a real sense of difference between them as well though you know some of them based because of what the kind of character they are a basic melee character like iron fist will be like another basic melee character or something you know or nova will have similar attacks to iron man because they both use energy weapons and things like that but there is still loads of variety and they've really mm. thought about how to represent these marvel characters in this sort of diablo s action rpg um i've had fun in groups like with joel and mark um easy as all hell to party up but also when you're by yourself stick on some music put on a podcast go and do some of the patrols and just smash some enemies and get some loot super good at, great for unwinding mm. at the end of the day and switching off your brain you know really really good fun for that as well and that's weird to this is why games are so cool because you've got those like super interactive deep narrative experiences which need 100 percent of your concentration and then you've got the popcorn games where you can just literally just veg out and just chill and just you know, forget about shit for an hour or two um and this is definitely one of those mm. which is great i know we've talked about it before so we won't stay on it too long um but yeah definitely de it's free check it out for christ's sake do yeah. it You've got nothing to lose. It's free. And yeah, Rich, you, you need to join us on Monday night. and You can you can be our fourth man for the stream, live Ooh. stream. Yeah, I think we've lost Mark for a couple of weeks since he's filming. But oh, yeah, we'll, we'll still be can, Yeah, Richard can fill his hole. <clears throat> uh, not on film. <laughs> Mark probably wouldn't even say no, would he, Joel? Um... <laughs> <laughs> Mark, Mark would totally be up for that. Uh, yes, frighteningly so. Uh, okay, I'm going to talk about a game here I, I've been playing uh, recently as well. Uh, the reason I'm doing these two games is because the other games I've got on my list I didn't play. I played like two weeks ago, so I'm going to have to try and remember them a bit. Uh, but Serial Cleaner just came out by Curve Digital, and I, that's the publisher. And I can't remember the developer off the top of my head. It's uh, they're a small European developer of some kind. But anyway, Serial Cleaner is a action stealth game, and uh, it's set in the 1970s. So moustaches and style everywhere. Um, and it's, in the it's got amazing soundtrack, really distinct visual style, uh, this sort of 2D art style. And you're in this game, you go around as the cleaner who is called in after there's been a murder or a massacre or a lot of dead bodies, usually. And your job is to go and dispose of the bodies, clean up the blood, pick up the evidence and hide it from the police, um, which is, I think, a really cool kind of unique take on the stealth game because you're doing this while there are like police or security forces of some kind on the scene uh and i think it's, it's a lot of fun the concept is great however the one problem i'm having is because i suck at games guys this is this is becoming a recurring issue for me um basically you you, you get caught once you have to restart the level right so the levels are quite small, but they're not tiny. If you've got multiple bodies and you have to like clean up X amount of the blood that's on the scene, you know, you've done you when you've done 90% of the tasks to then get caught and have to do it all again, you know, another 10 minute playthrough or whatever of that level, uh, especially if you get stuck on a hard one like I was last night, it, it can be quite frustrating. So I feel like maybe the difficulty spike in this game is a little too high. Like it gives you a couple of easy levels to start with, but then straight away after that, things get hard and they get 
pretty hard very fast. Um, so I, I, that's a little bit of a shame because I think the game is so wonderfully stylistic with the great music and the great presentation that you know to then bounce off of that difficulty, it's a little, it's a little bit disappointing. But then again, I'm not great at video nice. games. Looks really it, it, it does, yeah. It's uh, has anybody got the developer in front of them so I can give them the credit? Uh, they're called iFun for All. iFun for All, okay. Yeah, published by Curve Digital. Yeah, but yeah, it looks lovely. Game. It's kind of like um, a child's picture book that they've had a nosebleed on. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, I love that description. That's fantastic. Oh, wow. Yeah, that is that is a really good way of describing it. I love that. Um, yeah, and it's, it, the music, which you obviously can't get from the pictures, is is a wonderful original soundtrack, very evocative of the era. Um, the dialogue's well written as well, which is all like, you know, coming up in uh, text boxes and stuff like that. Um, it's funny to reverend. There's also um, a selection of bonus missions, which are all based off like classic movies. Uh, I haven't tried them out yet, but I know one of them is Alien and stuff like that. So I'm like, what the f what the fuck does that mean? Am I cleaning up the bodies on the Nostromo while the Xenomorph tries to kill me? I mean, I, I'm going to have to give that a go. I mean, that sounds insane. Um, so, yeah, I think I think it's a really fun concept. Like I say, it might just be a little bit too tough, but I'm going to persevere for a bit, keep keep hammering away, uh, and see if I can uh, get over the hump, as it were, in the difficulty. I'm also notoriously impatient. So when it comes to stealth games, I'm just bad, usually, because I just want to rush through everything, and it's just like, show me the next level. I want the next level. Um, but, yeah, it seems really cool. <sighs> Joel. Game I actually want to know more about from you, because the reason I passed it you, because I was very interested in this game myself, but I was like, I don't know if I could get the people together to play it. So I, so I sent you Crawl, um, which seems like it's got a really cool concept. I know it was a few weeks ago, but if you can still remember it, please regale us. No, this, this is actually a really, really um, good idea of a game. So it's kind of a, a, a sort of top-down, miniature jungle um, dungeon crawler. But you, so you, it's designed for couch co-op. The real thing, the real game to Achilles heel is that it has no online multiplayer, which is really sad. But anyway, um, let me describe a bit more about the game itself. So um, you can play it with bots. And the first scene in the game literally starts with you and the other players, whether they be bots or, or some friends you've got on the couch. And you start in this room of the dungeon. And the first thing you have to do is duel to the death until what of what of you's left standing um and this is how the game basically there's two teams in the game there's the dead the team who are dead and the team who's alive now the team who's alive is only one player and the team who's dead is everybody else and so when you're on the dead team you've then become a ghost um and your objective is to kill the player again so um the person who lands the death blow on the living player takes their place they become on the living team and the other player goes back to the dead team and it's just it's crazy so you go through these dungeons and in different rooms there's sort of um uh, little traps and as a ghost you can possess a trap to use it so one of them might be like an arrow shooting trap or a, a, or a sort of a, a torch that you can shoot flames out of or um, shoot things across the floor um, they're uh, sort of statues so you can possess a statue and become a monster and then go and attack the living player and there are also pentagrams on the floor that allow you to um, 
you can, when you take over a pentagram, you can spawn as a monster. Now, when you start the game, you choose a deck of cards, basically, or not not per se a deck of cards. You choose your god you worship, and whichever god you choose gives you a what I, I call a deck of cards. It gives you basically um, three different types of monster that you can uh, level up, and and when you spawn in, it, you randomly become one of these monsters, uh, and it's it's just insane. So the, the living player has to go around, and they're trying to find gold. They need to. Um, you need to get new items and, and equipment from the shop and basically you need to reach level 10 as the living player and when you reach level 10 you, you can um use the portal to travel to the final uh, the dungeon's final boss so when you battle the dungeon's final boss um and then the boss that you fight depends on which god you chose to worship at the start so there's about um i think there's about 10 potential different bosses you can battle uh, and when you're battling this boss, uh, a certain AI component controls a bit of the boss, but then it, they, most of them have lots of tentacles or arms and things, and you can literally, um, you know, as the dead people possess these tentacles, and still howl to the living player as they're trying to battle the boss. Um, the idea being that if you kill the player whilst they're battling the boss, you all get walked back to the dungeon, and everything just carries on as normal uh, until one of you either kills the boss um or you all get so exhausted and tired that you just basically give up and it's it's great it's uh, a very simple concept it's very quick uh the dungeon um the dungeon's sort of randomly generated um rooms and you go through floors uh each floor has a shop and a few different rooms to look around in and stuff but it's very quick it flows very quickly it won't take you get long to level up to level 10 um as the living player levels up the um, the dead players also earn experience points um which when the you reach the end of a level you can level up your monsters so you can upgrade them evolve them become tougher so everyone kind of evolves in sequence so the living player never gets too strong because the dead team always have monsters that are in balance uh, yeah it's just great i wish um that i had uh you know i had got a group of friends around to play this because this is the perfect sort of game that's very quick you can sit down on your sofa um in an evening for a couple of hours you know hammer out a few rounds everyone have a good laugh there's so much backstabbing and and betrayal and and that kind of aspect of things that i love uh yeah it's really really great like i say the i gave it four stars and it would have been a, if you could play this online which i think would mean that it's just become so much accessible for a lot more people um it would have been a five star for sure it's it looks it looks pretty um it's got it's got nice soundtrack but um and they've got some nice little touches the tutorial and a little bit of narration in there and things um, but yeah overall it's just got great gameplay gameplay i thought it was brilliantly fun very good does, social it, gameplay it does look awesome yeah I, I mean i saw people playing it on the on a stream god like a year ago on pc uh and i was like that would be so much fun to play in a group but as is often the problem with a lot of these really cool like um, couch card games, because putting online into a game is so difficult, uh, you know, to sort out all that net code and stuff. It's mm. like you need a, you need a team usually like twice the size of what these developers usually have to be able to actually pull that off. Um, so I can I can understand why it's not there. But yeah, God, it would be a must buy, wouldn't it? By the sounds of things, if that yeah, was in there. I really hope that um, they can possibly patch the multi um patch the matchmaking in because that would just uh that would make it i think i mean got a winning recipe there is, really is there any talk of that have you heard anything about no it? i just pie I, in the sky pie in the skying here i haven't i haven't done any research but it's mostly just um i kind of i'm hoping for myself because sometimes when you just want to play a quick 20 minute game uh you know this this would be the great kind of game to play it's kind of nuts and it's it's very fast and it's just good fun 
That sounds really cool. That does sound really, really cool. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna quickly talk about a game before I throw over to you guys to go into the PSVR segment where I just sit here being all jealous. Um, and I'd almost forgotten about this game because I got this just before I went away, and then I forgot to talk about it on um, Bonus Babble. Um, and I've just remembered it, and it's definitely worth mentioning, which is Nex Machina, which is the new Housemark game on PS4. Um, and next, next Machina. Do you guys know Housemark? Do you know who I'm referring to? Yeah. So Resogun, Super Stardust, uh, Ultra HD, Super Mega Awesome Remix, or whatever they ended up calling that when it came out for the sixth time on the PlayStation Vita. Um, so those guys, they what they what they did with Resogun specifically um, is this kind. Of, it's voxels, isn't it? It's like everything blows up into awesome looking voxels. So there's like debris and sort of cubes and bits flying all over the screen in Resogun. Now they've they've taken that same uh, mechanic and they've moved it into a more sort of a more conventional um top-down twin stick shooter um sort of idea which is all on this you know alien planet i don't know earth could be anywhere really there's the, the thing that's made me laugh about the next machina is there's loads of like really great teaser art for this game which implies some kind of storyline about the machines rising up as technology has got to a point where they've great gained intelligence and want to overthrow mankind none of that's in the game not a job not a single bit of exposition or storytelling or anything but frankly it's not needed this game is a pure shooter so you've got these stages which you've got multiple paths unlockable elements as you remember from Resogun, richard um you know you're saving humans throughout you're getting uh, power upgrades and shooting up upgrades to your guns and your abilities and your shield and stuff like that so a lot of similar mechanics but obviously the, the plane is now 2d and um you know you're not 2d sorry but it's uh top down i should say uh, and you're moving through a world in a more conventional manner however the enemies are more varied than i think they were in Resogun. And the levels are really well designed because, of course, there weren't really any level design in Resogun. Um, it was all just sort of on a cylinder for the most part. Um, it's just, it's a very pure experience. If you're in the mood for a very pretty, very, very pretty and amazing soundtrack, Richard, you would love the soundtrack, by the way. Definitely your type of music, yes. Um, it's, it's just a very fun experience. The only problem I have is that it's a set progression of five or six locations with the same level. So every time you play the game, you are going through the same levels. Now you can obviously do it with different difficulties and different things like that, but there aren't a huge amount of modes. There aren't a huge amount of modifiers for each of these playthroughs. So it can get a little bit repetitive. And what they want you to do at Housemark here is play the game through on easy first, get to know the locations, get to know, you know, the patterns of the enemies and the environments you're going to be fighting them in. Then, then ratchet up the difficulty and get more and more challenge as you progress up the leaderboard further and further. So I think, you know, it's got, I think it's a couch co-op only, I believe. Again, this doesn't, I don't think this has online. I'd have to double check that though. Um, but this wasn't a game I was doing for you. I picked this up purely off the back of how much I love Housemark's previous games. Um, and yeah, it, it's got a pumping soundtrack. It's a shame it doesn't have any more kind of like, I was really hoping for a kitsch silly sort of framing device or story beat or something in there based on the artwork and the trailers they've done for it but yeah, none of that was in there sadly but you know even then the gameplay is is very compelling and if, you know sometimes you just want to do a score chasing kind of game you know crawl up those leaderboards and if you're in the mood for that if you're you're hanking for a geometry wars type experience but in a slightly more structured environment next machina is a cool pick yeah house mark have done online co-op 
before, haven't they? So it would be I... not in what? Not in Resogun, no? No, it is in Resogun. There is multiplayer Alien... in Resogun, isn't there? Alienation, uh, Dead Nation were both online co op. <clears throat> am I am I mixing up my developers here? Question. Anybody? Well, Nobody. I'm just. I uh, I've just watched a video on YouTube, but it doesn't say who the dev. It just says that from the team that created Reshagun and you, in collaboration with Eugene Jarvis, comes an intense arcade shooter. That's the other thing. I mean, he that name will either mean something to it or it won't, which is why yeah. I didn't really mention Eugene Jarvis. He's he's made some classic shmups throughout the throughout the years and stuff. I'm just looking up. Uh, Housemark's wiki because I want to know what else they've made and if I was Does. talking out of my ass. No, it was Super Stardust. Yeah, okay. I wasn't completely no, right. Yeah, did do they, that, they, yeah, they've also done Dead Nation. And I've forgotten, I'd forgotten Alien Nation and Dead Nation. I really enjoy Alien Nation's another game I really like from them actually as well, um, which I highly recommend, recommend picking up on PS4. Um, that That's a bit more in the similar vein to this one, I suppose, but it's more open-worldy, less structured. Um, Alien Nation, but no, uh, next Machina, it's fun, it's good fun, definitely worth it. They got, I saw a trailer, they did this new game, Matterfall, it was at E3, don't know if you guys remember Matterfall, they showed it briefly at Sony, no? Um, if I saw the trailer, I'd probably remember it. Mm. 2D, that, this one's 2D side-on, uh, with some sort of platforming mechanics as well as the shooting stuff. Uh, and they just got a great visual yeah, style. Yeah, I remember really, it. Yeah. I, I think I heard oh, the name Matterfall as another game that's got a fall in the title, and I rolled my eyes so hard that it went over the trailer. <laughs> 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 Nicely put. Right, come on then, guys. Geek out hard. Tell me why I need to spend another like 600 quid on a headset, on a camera, on a, on move controllers, on a plastic peripheral that holds the move controller so I can feel like a space marine in a freaking video game. Because if it's good, if it's that good, I'll find a way. Uh, I'm going to reserve judgment until Joel tells me what he thinks. <laughs> like okay. right. So we're going to talk about Farpoint. Um, so I'll start off, but then Richard's going to speak and say his part, and then I'll finish because. Um, <laughs> so I'll let me, let me. Yeah. All right. No. Let's 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 go. So yeah, I I bought a PSVR. Um, it was I bought one on Amazon Prime Day. Uh, the it just hit the sweet price mark, and I've kind of wanted one and wanted to dip my toes, and I thought, frick it, this I'm doing it. So I ordered it, um, and it arrived, and I've had it for two days. Um, I bought a. A bundle so it came with the camera and farpoint and psvr worlds basically and i also bought the move controllers to go with it um so uh yeah uh richard talk about farpoint because i i want to hear you i want to hear your answer <laughs> why are you guys being so cagey and hedging on this like just, i want richard really to talk curious. about it all right I want richard let, to talk about it let me be straight about it then i don't like farpoint um it's interesting you you're You've just jumped in. So is Farpoint your first experience of VR? Is that what you played first? Uh, no, I played the PSVR Worlds bits first. And I played Farpoint last night for a while. Okay. Um, I think because I've had VR for a little while longer, um, I got mine back in November. And I've, I've played a fair amount of what's on offer for PSVR. My expectations for Farpoint were quite high. Um, this is supposed to be something that builds on the VR experience that we've learned since the device came out in October last year. Uh, it brings that new gun controller. Uh, so expectations are high for something that's even more immersive than we're used to. 
I found in terms of um, the technology, it's good. It works. I would even so, go so far as to say I was impressed by it. The particular feature that I, that really sticks with me is being able to look down the sights of a gun in game physically, and that actually works. So none of this um, iron sights holding in a button. You just look down the barrel and you get your targeting. It's phenomenally in immersive. Um, but that is where it ends for me. I, I found the game design, the level design, the enemy design, the story, all of it thoroughly underwhelming from what I've played of Farpoint so far. And I haven't finished it because I found it quite boring. But uh, it seems to be level after level of dusty sand bowls, um, tunnels that lead to a spidery-looking boss with smaller spiders on the way. And they kind of just lunge at you. They leap around. Um, and they are, it's just really dull. Everything about it is kind of by the numbers. It feels like assets could have just been dropped in there um, from some sort of VR game development package. And there's been real, really no thought put into it beyond the technology of the gun controller and the capture of some of the character cutscenes is quite nice that's good but the game itself i'm not feeling it at all i'm afraid all right do you feel differently so uh no kind of i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of agree with you but for slightly different reasons the problem i've got with it is um that the bundle i've got did not include the aim controller and Oops. you cannot <laughs> buy the aim controller separately so right. i've tried playing it with the dual shock and literally um as you describe its killer feature literally is you, you know you're holding this gun you can put it up you can look and you know like you say looking down that holographic site the first time you do it it's just like wow this is you know this is really cool i you know and then i very quickly realized that i don't think you can that you can't really play the game with the dual shock controller it doesn't work it's really awkward aiming's really hard to get because you haven't you can imagine just trying to lift the controller up to get the sights in the right place and things um oh god yeah. so I, yeah i haven't tried it but there's i can't imagine there seems to be literally no point in playing it unless you've got the aim controller exactly and that was a problem i had when i tried to buy it because you know what i'm like mm. i like to get everything digitally um you've got no choice if you buy Farpoint. If you want the gun, you've got to get a disc. So I ended up buying it with a disc, selling the disc, and then buying the download with whatever <laughs> with whatever money I got from it. Yeah, um, which is ridiculous, isn't it? But that's what I ended up doing, and it's mad that they make you do that mm. if you want the download because so... they do sell the download, and there there really is no reason to to buy it unless you've got the gun. Uh, the thing that annoys me is you can't buy the gun separately uh, no. uh, present. Apparently, you can in the United States. You can't in the UK, um, which is frustrating. Now, there are certain bits I, I, I like about what I've played at the game so far. I've not played more than about um, 25 minutes, I would say, um, just arriving at the first part of the space station on the first level of the planet, basically. Um, the story is kind of interesting from what I've seen so far. There are some beautiful moments where I just like to stand and, and, and look up at the sky. It's quite, um, you know, there's some quite pleasant things to look at so far. But yeah, the what I see as the game's killer feature 
um, I can't enjoy or experience like it's supposed to be. And, and you can't even use, I thought you'd be able to just use the move controller. So I actually thought that I'd be able to you know, sell a tape it into the end of a, a kitchen roll or something and you know, <laughs> pretend I've got it. But you can't. It, it, won't work, it won't work with a move controller, even though conceptually the aim controller is a, a gun-shaped move controller. So that's really annoyed me um, because the relationship between the, the game and the controller is so you know tightly knit. I'm I'm amazed that they actually offered it separately, um, yeah. and and yeah, in your case with the digital purchase, yeah, that is a different angle I hadn't even thought about there. So, um, so it sounds like you'd be like be buying Rock Band without a plastic guitar. Yeah, yeah, very much so. That's a very no. yeah, very good way of yeah. describing it. Yeah, like you could do that on a controller theoretically, mm. and I think in the early Guitar Hero games you could do that. Um, but like, yeah, they they quickly realised why the fuck would you ever want to do that. So they took it out um but that's he really talks, interesting he talks about looking around and um being impressed with the you know the, the visual is... splendor of it but having played other stuff that just looks loads better on vr even that was underwhelming um, if, if you're looking for something that looks impressive um just looking around try batman or try robinson the journey um, when you go back to farpoint you'll wonder what you were right. impressed with okay that's um, very interesting I think from now on, Richard, when you talk about VR games, I want uh, a one to five rating uh, based on how sick you get. So where where <laughs> is Farpoint on your sickometer? Um, Farpoint makes me sweat. I haven't been sick. <laughs> makes you sweat. That's a new one. <laughs> Love it. So, some light heart palpitations. That's like a one. Two is like sweating. Three is like heavy sweating and queefing. <laughs> I love it. Uh, we have to work this one out for later. What about you, Joel? I mean, as somebody who's just going to the VR space, Richard seems to be more negatively affected by VR than pretty much anyone I've ever spoken to. So where <laughs> where do you stand on um, this, Joel? Have you been have you been puking yet? No, I haven't had any problems with motion sickness. But um, all the games I've played so far, I've have been kind of extremely short. I would say so. I don't know if I've been playing anything long enough. So so far, I've played. Um, some of the games from PSVR World. So I've done the Ocean Descent, uh, on the London Heist, which is fantastic. Oh, that's um, great, isn't it? Yeah, you yeah. That... The old the smoking thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just... out the smoke and then the smoke comes out. That's yeah, great. Yeah, the whole... I, it's just... I'm just sitting there, like, this guy's trying to talk to me, but I'm just playing with, like, the lighter, trying to set fire to yeah. stuff and, and like, my, <laughs> my cigar. And, and, like, obviously he's trying to have a serious conversation, but I'm just immersed in this world. Absolutely, yeah, brilliant. Um, and uh, what's the... I played the Scavengers, I think it was, um, which is kind of... You, you, you play you in a mech and you sort of jump around a bit and things. But, no, I haven't... Um, I haven't had any motion sickness experiences. Oh, sorry, I've also played the first. I've but downloaded the Resident Evil Seven demo. Ah, um, uh, yes. Yeah, but and and um, yeah, I haven't had any problems with that. I've even switched the controls to smooth turning, so I seem to be coping all right. Um, but yeah, that again, I was only in that for about twenty twenty five minutes before I um, uh, met my end. <laughs> so, so only a only a one on the psychometer of Joel is what we're saying at this point. I I I I'm on the sweatometer. I'd say I get a bit. Um, I feel my whole forehead gets a little bit sweaty at times um, under the headband. So, okay, okay. Well, it has been quite warm around mm. here of late. So, right, okay. Well, that's PSVR corner. But basically, to surmise, I don't need to spend six hundred quid yet. Good to know. Um, 
Right, we're going to kind of go in a little bit into like retro corner now a little bit because all three of us, for whatever reason, have been delving into back catalogs to try and finish off games, probably because summer's a bit of a quiet time right now. The last month or so have been uh, bereft of big releases. Um, I'm going to mention one right now. I finally finished off uh, Mafia 3, um, which is hands down one of the best open world games I've ever played. Um it has a fantastic story. It has a compelling world. It has some of the best freaking shooting, uh, bar none. Like It p- pisses all over GTA for the gun combat in this game. It feels so much better. Um, this game is, I mean, I've talked about it before. Obviously, reviewed it last year. Um, it got some bad press. It didn't get like universally loved. But I can't help but give props to Hangar 13 for the bravery in its depiction of this time period in America, the just the, the most awful human beings. There's a bit where I was playing it where Nolan North's in this game as an absolutely dis- disgusting, deplorable, southern racist clans member. And I noticed it was him because, not because of his voice, but because it looked like Nolan North, right? Because it's done full, uh, they've got full like uh, mocap and performance capture in the cutscenes. And it looked like him. And I'm like, shit, that's not. I barely could recognize the voice because it was so heavy with the southern drawl and the spitting, venomous uses of the N word and the C word and all this, which you don't expect Nolan North to say because you think of him as, you know, Uncharted, Nathan Drake and stuff. But it was a great performance. And then when I shot this dick in the face and then stabbed him in the chest, it felt really good. Like this guy deserved that. Uh, and there's a lot of that in this game. Like you are a violent, violent sociopath in this. But at the same time, Pretty much everyone you murder, they're worse. So it's cool. It's, like, totally deserved. Uh, And it's got a great twist in the storyline with a brilliant post credit scene, um, which is I think has been all over the internet now, so most people already have heard about it, even if they've not played it, Um, which is definitely sets up things potentially for a Mafia 4, which I would just love, like, where that could go. Uh, But this is a a great game that's been on sale multiple times, which you could pick up on Amazon, I'm sure, for, like, 20 quid easily right now. Uh, The DLC they've been putting out, I've only just scratched the surface on, but it seems to be substantial and well-made. And the developers have really supported the game with numerous patches, all this DLC. Um, It's a really cool experience that... I think the biggest problem people had was that it was lacking a lot of the kind of management features that Mafia 2 had, where you could do the minutiae of running like a criminal empire. It's not about that, though. This is a very much a, a sort of a, a story-driven narrative focused around your character, Lincoln Clay, you know, this black man in the in the 60s, in the South, in America, and, and you know, the things he has to deal with. And it's flipping amazing. Like, it really transports you there. So uh, you guys should both check it out. Highly recommend it. But uh, who wants How to go first? Um, God, well, my completion of the game probably... It's big. It's an open world game. It's got to be like 50, 60 hours, something like that I've put put into it, you know. Wait, I mean, I reviewed it at around the 30-hour mark. Um, so I've done, I've done considerably more, and I've still got a ton of... D- I've still got two huge DLC episodes, and there's a third one that hasn't even come out yet to play. Um, wow. That's, that so, came out a long time ago, didn't it? And they're still releasing these, DLC. These, these aren't little things. They're like big DLC things. Like the the first one is um, a whole other like county that's added onto the side of the city, um, which is more open, and it's all about like uh, street racing and like um, it's to do with like the ca- cannabis being used in a big way, and it's to do with basically the 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 attitudes of like small town sheriffs in that era. 
Like, yeah. you know, you think the cities were bad for persecution. Wait till you deal with this guy. And then the, the second episode is all to do with like um, set in Nam, where you're, you, there's like the two main characters is Lincoln Clay and uh, this guy called Donovan, who's like your handler, your helper, who's a CIA agent in Nam. That's where you go way back. And it's to do with dealing with the ghosts of his past. And you go back to Nam. So there's, there's this huge, you know, completely different environment they had for that. You know, because it's jungles and all this kind of crazy stuff. Uh, and then the third one that's about to come out is to do with the rise of this like Manson esque cult in the city. Um, so there's going to be loads of like black magic, and you're going to go on like these crazy drug trips. And it, I've seen the trailer for it, and it looks like it, you know, visual effects and stuff that you know you're tripping and while trying to deal with these bad guys and stuff. And yeah, I mean, like, like, like I said, I, I love the fact that you are a scumbag, though. That's what makes it so good. You're not a good person. You acknowledge you're not a good person. And the ending I chose, oh boy, was I not a good person. Um, but you're like you're the best of what's available for this city. <laughs> and the kind of the sort of summation is that the city doesn't deserve good. Like the people here are, everybody is fucking awful. So it's like, you know, they get what they deserve. And I think, uh, I think it's great a great way of dealing with the morality and the ethics and stuff of that, of that time period. Yeah. It's it's brilliant. It's so good. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Even the driving's good. Uh, in an open world game. I Add it to your list, Richard. Add it to your list. I need yeah. to be unemployed and then I'll play it. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Give Teresa another few months and you'll be, you'll, she'll sort you out. Um, I'm sure she will. <laughs> <laughs> Richard, I see Battlefield one on your list. Yeah. What's that all about? It was on sale, yeah. um, as discussed with you fine gentlemen. Yep. Um, there was a sale for the Ultimate Edition for 50 quid or something. £49, I think I paid in the end. Good deal. After getting some cheap credit. Well, considering so the got... DLC is like 40 quid itself, isn't it? Like, that's very Yeah. Good. Yep. Yeah, so I got the whole lot for less than 50. So it, it paid to wait. I've played multiplayer and the campaign in a limited capacity, enjoyed both just as much as I imagined I would. The campaign stuff's good, isn't it? It's yeah, fantastic. I gave this game five stars last year. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. It's the uh, whole so... package is brilliant. What did you think of the opening? Uh, yeah, good. Uh, I enjoyed the <laughs> first proper chapter more. Um, the, the opening kind of... Um, it makes you run through a series of deaths, doesn't it? And um, yeah, and tells you like these are the people that actually die in war, mm-hmm. and, and kind of gives you the the message. It's not all about one hero saves the world. Whatever you do, you're kind of fucked. Yeah, uh, you know, you could, Ron, Ron Perlman could come on and go, "War is hell. War yeah. never <laughs> changes." It's a literally you know, it's a, straight out of fallout. The hopelessness of being a soldier in the first world war, I thought, was captured very well in that opening yeah. sequence. Yeah, it is. It is clever, and it doesn't tell you it's going to do that. It kind of launches you in and gives you the impression, just on past experience, that it's going to be the same as anything else you've done. This is kind of a tutorial. It will launch you into something quite easy to manage, to show you what the controls are if you've not played something like this before. But actually, no, it's just to teach you a lesson. This is war. You're going to die. There's nothing you can do about it. Get over it. Mm. And, um, Which of the uh, mini campaigns have you dabbled in? The first one with the tank. Tank. Is it yeah. Black Bess? Yeah, Black Bess. Yeah. Mm. And um, even the tank has got character. How do they work that out? But mm. yeah, you, you yeah, really shouldn't totally. be able to characterize people in an FPS as well as they've done in this. Um, in quite a short space of time as well. So I think the game is structured into five or six different 
stories, mm-hmm. each of which has a series of levels. Yeah, five. Has um, like a series of characters within each story that you follow, and within that short time, you start to care about them and um, empathise with who they are as individuals and as a team. And I, I just thought it really worked well. Gameplay-wise, there's enough variety in there. It's not just the same old um, things that you're used to. It, does, it didn't feel like a retread of things I've played before, and I have played a fair amount of Battlefield games. So, yeah, I'm impressed with that so far. And the multiplayer is exactly as good as I imagined it would be, having played lots of Battlefield 3 and 4. Um, doesn't have you been playing good or not? It's have still you been playing the big regardless. maps? Have you been playing yes. the 32 on 32? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's it's, it? it's crazy, isn't it? It's just like yeah. the 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 emergent moments that will come out of that game where where a plane will crash in front of you and kill a dude, and then you'll jump through the wreckage and shoot a guy off a horseback, and you're like, "What yeah. the fuck just happened?" Whoa, Xbox, whoa, whoa, record whoa, that. Whoa. Xbox record that. Yeah. No, you. One thing you cannot do in that game in multiplayer is ever shoot anybody off horseback. I, I've never managed to do it. I've just, I've, I've emptied bullets into these horse, these armored horses with like such like six inch thick hides, and they never. <laughs> I like even my aim is like, they're so Joel, tough. Every time Joel, I see that's why you're doing it. You're shooting the horse, Joel. You've got to shoot the guy. No, you shoot. You try shooting you the shoot rider. The guy. Now, obviously, my aim is going to be a bit of an issue here as well. I'm not denying <laughs> that. <laughs> But literally, as soon as I see people on horses when I play a multiplayer on that game, I tend to just turn and run now. <laughs> yeah, that works too. Um, it, you'll find killing someone on horseback if you're riding a horse is actually quite challenging as well. So, you know, especially at the speed you're usually going, trying to hit someone with a sword as you go past them is not the easiest thing to do. I like to be a pain in the ass sniper in Battlefield 1. That's the class I've gravitated towards. Having a little perk somewhere and just being that dick camping and just just taking people out in the distance yeah that that's quite satisfying cool. so but we should all get on and play that definitely that yeah, is a uh, absolutely good multiplayer game that, as, as we learn there yeah, we can we can i haven't got the dlc and nor's ben but we can scrounge off richard can't we you can so, yeah yeah i expect you to come knocking at my door soon but yeah that'll be fun i think there's a 4k patch coming for it as well for when xbox one x Excited about that. Still can't pre-order one yet, though. Hurry up and get that sorted out, Microsoft. I want to pre-order my X. Sort that shit out. Mm. Um, right, I'm going to go even further back in time with this one when I throw to Joel. Joel, you've gone, you're have gone. you also in one of the big wars of the last 100 or so years at the moment in this game, kind of, but also not. Tell us about Wolfenstein New Order, another game I love. So this was um i based off our conversation in the last podcast that we did actually where um you you asked yeah we were talking about the new colossus and you're like have you played the have you played the uh, new order and i was like yes i played uh most of the first level and um you know and you were just like you've got to get past the first level you've got to get past the first level so i installed it again on my pc and i uh played through the first level and you know, everything was playing out to my expectations in the sense that I thought, right, you know, it starts off with you on these planes doing this assault on this Nazi base, and that the rest of the level, you've got this huge castle, and that the most of the game would play out as you um, go through the various levels and sections of this castle and stuff until you fight the end boss. And yeah, how wrong could I kind of be? I just didn't see the twist coming. And like, uh, yeah, that's literally just like, yeah, you do the first level. That's the only level set in this castle. And then you wake up about 15 or 20 years later in a lunatic asylum in a wheelchair and it plays <laughs> off from there. And it's just like, uh, okay. And then you realize you're in this parallel universe where the Nazis won the war. Um, 
and yeah you go through it and yeah I, it was kind of thoroughly enjoyable um yeah and i played through it straight in two days until i finished it um yeah really 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 enjoyed it i did how, how, on, earth did you it, not get, how on earth did you not get spoiled on this i don't I'm know amazed. i have that no idea amazing. yeah that's fantastic well before you continue as well which one did you choose um what path did you go down oh so you mean the only choice you have to make in a game is which guy do you want to kill right mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so i'm sat there just going well i'm not going to kill either of them and then i'll wait and i wait and i wait and i wait and then they just kill me and um yeah so in the end i chose the guy who'd had who was already pretty injured i can't remember his name but one of them is already the old guy or the young guy the old guy or the young guy um i think he was the old guy i saved the scottish mm. guy i think yeah, um, that's what I did the first time. Well. The other guy was already quite injured, basically. And I was just like, well, you know, you may not make it anyway, so God, just just choose him. But it was kind of harsh that I felt the game forced you to make that choice because obviously the first thing I wanted to do was not make a choice. Um, you know, I do not, I'm not going to sit here and pick either of you to die. And literally, the game wouldn't let me. It then just um, killed me instead. So it's like, I have to do it. So, and even the second time round, it was just like, oh, this is a tough decision. Uh, you know, in Mass Effect, it was quite easy. Uh, I think when when you played the first Mass Effect, and you had to choose one of the two characters to die. I didn't struggle as much as I did in this moment. So well, because that because that decision was either Boy Scout or Space Nazi, which isn't really a hard decision in Mass Effect, yeah. is it? <laughs> yeah. um, so, are you aware that your decision will dictate huge swathes of the game? That the game basically I... there are different missions and characters based on the decision you make. So you have right. to play it all again now. No, I didn't know it. Sorry, I didn't know it made a difference to oh, missions. Yeah. I expected oh, yeah. it would because obviously you re-meet the character that you save later yeah. on in the game and they have an important oh, yeah. part. So I already assumed it would make a difference to characters. Uh, there there are other characters. Missions. There are other characters, not just that character. There's whole right. the game that different. It has several knock-on effects. Oh, Jesus. I've already uninstalled it. I have to install it again. Well, that's yeah. why I've gone back recently, because I, I, I've also dabbled. I haven't done much yet, but I'm, I'm planning on beating the game down the other story path. Um, because there's a... Jimmy fucking Hendrix. So cool. Is one of the characters you've not met, because you picked yeah. the other way. And that's why I am going to play, because I picked the same choice as you first time, Joel. Right. And I'm like, I've got to make Machine Games' take on Jimmy Hendrix. That's brilliant. Right. So... See, now you've got to do it. You Now you know you've got to do it. <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know what's just... most annoying, actually, is that it was in the um, Xbox sale uh, you know, last week. And even though I own the game, it would have been nice to play it on the Xbox, potentially, just to see how Jeez. it contrasts with the controller and things. Uh, no, just to see the performance difference and things like that. And damn it, if I'd known that there was actually a reason significant like that to go back and play through it again, yeah, I yes. could have done it, but oh well. Yes. Oh well. Oh well. Now, you, you know, that's the thing. Come on the BXP bits and bobs. You're learning something new every day. That's what that's what we do here. We we educate Joel, everybody, just not just you, everyone. It's great. It's great. Uh, I'm trying to decide in a game. I we don't, I don't think we're gonna get through all the games on this list tonight, guys, because we've got lots of games, and I'm already cherry picking. Um, but um, I have played quite a bit of Metro Last Light um, on Xbox One, which I actually realised when I started playing this again. I don't think I ever played this game. Like ah, I thought I'd played it on 360. Yeah, I thought I'd played it on 360 last night, but I don't think I did. If I did, it was the very, very beginning, and I never did actually you play played it on um, PS3, maybe because it was on maybe maybe PlayStation Plus. 
I mean, it's possible, but um, I, I definitely hadn't got past the the bit escaping right at the beginning from the the prison from the gulag. Um, yeah. I'd never done that. Uh, I got past that, so it's all new to me now. Uh, I had to stop to do some reviews and holidays and stuff like that. But um, no, I'm I'm definitely going to go back to it. Oh God damn it, those games are good. Like they're so different. Um, the the vibe you get from them is so unlike anything yeah, else you played. Like. Um, that was in the sale as well, Joel. You should have picked it up. <laughs> I, I spent a lot of money because it's probably worth it. At the same time, there was a Steam sale, the Xbox <laughs> summer sale, and the PSN sale. And it's just like, yes. oh, God, my wallet's just been assassinated <laughs> like from all angles. Yep. Yes. Uh, but no, that game is it's really good. It's like they refined all the elements of the previous game. Um, and uh, it's, just a, it's just a really different experience. I can't wait. I can't wait for the new one. That's going to be amazing on the on the X and on a good PC rig. That game will look just and play probably something. Um, and I just find I just find that the, your character, the characterization is really good. I love it when you um, when you escape from that prison with that guy and he betrays you. But you can kind of be like, oh no, I sort of see why. That's fair it is. And there's like respect between you. But um, I love all their take on like this sort of the 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 take on the Russian extremists, but they're kind of just and then there are Nazis, but they don't call them Nazis in this as well because of the Eastern European game. So it's like, you know, they need to sell it to Germany. So they can't they can't be calling them Nazis in the game. There's no swastikas. <laughs> but they're Nazis, just so you know. Um so it's like, yeah, there's some great fractions in it. And there's lots of in I really like the weapons in the game. There's lots of like customization you can do to them and they feel really good. And then there's the whole gas mask mechanic. Yeah. Like I love the whole I I was looking, you know how you can look on a game hub. Uh, on xbox yeah. and see the stats i was like the amount of the amount of like the, the military grade bullets you shot richard i was like dude i'm saving all them what are you doing <laughs> shooting military grade bullets they're like currency man what are you doing <laughs> what are you doing i was amazed you fired so many of them i think that's because i've gone multiple playthroughs and you get a different ending if you use them oh okay well like a lot you have to use a lot of them or something yeah, like if you just ruin your playthrough and just use a load of those bullets, then you get a bad ending, um, mm. I think. Or you get okay. a better ending if you find more of them. Um, yeah, I, I certainly I'm, I'm the same sort of player. I would want to save those, given the choice. Um, so on a proper playthrough, I wouldn't have used them. I think that's probably one of my second or third playthroughs. I've just okay. tried them out. Sometimes, though, you've just got to put a lot of bullets into a Nazi to make sure they're dead. Yeah. That's just, I mean, Joel knows that from Wolfenstein when he's dual wielding <laughs> auto shotguns. Yeah, you, you, know, to... you know, you just got to kill some Nazi. You, you, well, right. you have to put a lot of bullets into Nazis in that game. That was going to be one of the. The armed oh. ones. Yeah. yeah. Well, oh, yeah, yeah, just even the, even the standard ones seem to be able to take it quite well. Well, you've got to aim for the head, Joel. You're not yeah. good at this shooting thing, are you? Like, aim for the head and go <laughs> down. Uh, I was yeah, on the horse, shoot the guy. Aiming at the shoot horse the again, that was my problem. Yeah. Yeah. Stop aiming for the <laughs> freaking horse. Uh, <laughs> Richard, then. Um, what what, what brought you back to Deus Ex? I never like, played it. It was in, That was another one in the sale. It was like £18 for the version with the season pass and everything. So that was a deal I had to buy. How much have you played? Uh, I've played probably about 10 hours. Not oh, enough okay. to okay. um enough to thoroughly explore that first city. Is what is it you you're in Ukraine or something, aren't you? Prague. Uh, is it Prague? Right, okay. Mm -hmm. Shows how much attention I paid. Also, <laughs> also, Richard, thoroughly explore that first city. No, thoroughly explore the only city. No, you go to other bits, don't you? Nope. 
Well, there's a bit it's prompting me to go to. You go on missions, um, but in... you always come back to Prague. Okay. So Which is one of the most disappointing fucking things about that game, to be honest. I'm surprised. I, I assumed it had followed the same pattern as the first, because you went to different cities in that, didn't you? Okay. Stupid. So I was really disappointed by that sequel. Like, really disappointed. I mean, it's still a fairly good game, but th there's just so little ambition, and the scope of it is pulled back that... so much further than the first one. That feels um, quite small then, because I, I was enjoying the city um, for what it was, thinking, this right, this is just the first hub, I'll clear this out. But actually, if I've got to go, go, if I've got to go back there, there isn't a whole lot for me to go back to. I've pretty much done everything in it. Uh, I mean, let me tell I'll give you a small, can I give you a small spoiler that doesn't really matter? I'll tell you how they modify it. Mm. Right, so when you go and come back the first time, it's night time when you come yeah. back. And when you go and come back the second time, uh, there are hostiles and it's nighttime. Okay, but there's That's still the same place. No structural difference to nope. what's there. Mm. And it's not that interesting. That's the problem I had with it. I, I have no issue with like it, you know, if they're only going to have one hub and, and modify it, but it isn't that interesting of an environment. I really found it kind of. I mean, I get that it fits the tone, you know, it's meant to be yeah. this, this city that was, uh, you know, welcoming all, all the augments. And then when that thing happened at the end of the first game, they all went rogue and they murdered a lot of people. So there's a lot of resentment and tension. Again, it's trying to do some interesting thing with like an almost a racial allegory, but it's the augment thing instead. And, you know, if you remember, they coined the really dodgy term when they promoted this game, which was mechanical apartheid. Probably <laughs> shouldn't have evoked that one, guys. Just... Just saying, you didn't really earn that term, did you? Did you square? Do you think, yeah, could, no, yeah. no, you didn't. They didn't let that one fly. I think the internet pretty much ate your face on that one. I um, heard a lot about that when it came out. Um, but playing the game, I don't feel it's anywhere near as heavy handed as. Well, but, no, but that's the problem. That's why the word should, they should never have used those words because they don't earn it in the game because they don't really deal with the, the implied sort of persecution that the augments are getting. Like they no, don't what, really what do. Saying is that the game doesn't push it that hard either. I mean, it doesn't. No, it. that's it what I'm saying. Push that angle either. It's just the marketing made it sort of over, overplayed its hand in that way. But it's like if the game had pushed it harder, if they had been willing to actually face up to the political, ethical, you know, morality of that situation, then it'd be like, yeah, fucking use that terminology because you've gone for it. So yeah. it's just like instead, it's just insulting and it's just sort of like flippant, yeah. um, which is a real shame because that's the game. Ah man, that game was a letdown. Like it really was. Um, yeah. but you know, I hope you get some enjoyment from it. But well, maybe, maybe that's why I'm enjoying it because you know I wasn't it's unaware of that. <laughs> well, I say quid. Um, I wasn't unaware of that sort of viewpoint of the game. That's quite a popular one. So I wasn't expecting a great deal going in. I just thought, well, it's cheap. I like the look of it and my expectations aren't high so i'll probably get something out of it and i have enjoyed it so far so i will stick with it i think i think uh, joel i'm going to give you one last choice because i'm curious on both of these but we don't want to run too long so either tell me about your thoughts of call of duty infinite warfare or horizon zero dawn um well uh so I, could, I could probably sum them both up very quickly actually call of duty infinite yeah. warfare i've picked up uh, pretty cheap um went through it yeah I, it was kind of a, a fun sci-fi epic i quite enjoyed the story uh, gameplay was very much cod but it had some kind of coolish uh, moments in it um 
yeah, it wasn't it wasn't too bad. I didn't I didn't think it was that bad. I enjoyed it more than I think other um, sort of more grounded in reality Call of Duty games. Uh, the other one, obviously, Horizon Zero Dawn. I've only really just got going on that, um, but I got that when I bought a PS4 Pro as well, and I've got that now hooked up to my um, 4K. So I've been playing that in uh, 4K HDR, obviously, and it does look incredible. So um, yeah, I've, I've passed the. I've still kind of in the initial first part of the world, just doing some exploration and stuff. But I'm looking forward to it. I'm enjoying it so far. Are you are you in the the proper open world, or are you still in the like trialsy bit? No, I'm, uh, the, I guess the trialsy bit still. So okay. um, I've got. I'm, I'm on my way to do the passing. I think it is. So I'm building yeah. up oh, to that. Just doing my first series of quests. You haven't seen anything yet, John. <laughs> wow. So okay, yeah. Well, I'm enjoying it, and I'm chipping away at it when I can. So. Um, yeah, yeah. That's that's a problem that game has actually. It it's a slow start, and it and it's kind of like the tutorial world. It keeps you in at the start. It goes on too long, and it, and they should dump you into that open area quick. It's kind of the same problem The Witcher Three had. Like it, it it implies that you should stay in that first area a lot longer than you really should. You should get out into the open world as quickly as you can. You can always go back, but get through the passing thing, get out there and see the world. Because by the time I actually got there, I was kind of like. A bit like, eh, so what's what's so great about this then, other than it looks pretty? Uh, but I keep hand, though, ben, on the yes, other hand, the um, that hand holding in the first few hours, it make it makes you feel a bit cozy, doesn't it? Comfortable mm. for the. I see what you're saying. Pulling the rug out from under you a bit later on, which you won't have seen yet, Joel. So it serves its purpose, but I know what you mean. No, that's a, that's a good point. Maybe you know it's probably very much intentional you know to create that that narrative moment yeah okay no i i get you that, that makes sense too um the last game i want to throw out there it's just a little one that i think most people are going to have overlooked and that's butcher now god i played this and reviewed this ages ago and i i think i briefly talked about it on a uh, bonus babble but this is this 2d side on doom basically um you play as a cyborg sent to earth to eradicate the last vestiges of humanity and you're going to do this with shotguns machine guns and as much gore as you can possibly muster the screen will be drenched in dripping blood it's fucking glorious um <laughs> it's quite challenging it has very quick respawns um it's one of those games where when i saw screenshots of it i went oh god am i really gonna play this it's just brown and gray and red and muddy in it but when you actually get it in motion there's kind of like a poetry to it there's a there's a great fluidity to the controls and to the movement. It runs buttery smooth. And when you're killing the enemies and their bits are flying all over and painting the walls with red, it just, mm, it just brings you back to those days playing doom originally on the, on the PC with the, with the, you know, those the gore was nowhere near as impressive. Then maybe you're playing, playing the brutal doom mod, which is by the way, a fantastic way of playing the original doom and doom too. Um, but yeah, butcher is just, it's got a cool techno, sort of industrial soundtrack uh that goes with these visuals and the, the the environments are actually quite varied even though they won't be when you're done with them because they'll all be red um but that's why it's awesome so i definitely recommend butcher if you're looking for a nasty violent gory sort of action side-scrolling shooter it's really good fun 
So that's, that's my last little recommendation of the day. We've still, guys, we've still got so many games on our list here, uh, but there is no way we are going to touch upon them all today. That's just an impossible task. And I know we're, we've been striving. I've strived today, guys, to keep us closer to 90 minutes than over two hours. So I hope you appreciate that. I hope everyone appreciates that. Well, we're so, close. Um, we're we are close. Minutes. We're, we're a little bit over, but I, I, I thought we could do our best. I'm going to do some pimping now. Uh, obviously, guys, get over to bxbgames.co.uk. We definitely appreciate. We need, we want your visit. We want your patronage. We want you coming over and checking out our amazing reviews. Joel's been doing a great job putting up loads of great written content now. Richard, I'm sure, will write something one day. Uh, <laughs> I'm try still trying to snag this tiny tracks. Um Thing. well let me know if you want me to you know we talked about that but we should probably do that behind the scenes but uh yeah we can we i'm sure we can sort that out for you um but yeah yeah go to the site go to bxbgames.co.uk check out all the content the written stuff check out my videos you can also find them on we've got a youtube channel i don't always pimp the youtube channel i pimp the site instead but you know funnily enough it's slash bxbgames like everything else facebook slash bxbgames twitter is bxbgames i'm also at diye on Twitter, uh, and Richard is at Colonel Red. Get over to iTunes while you're at it. While you're doing all of these things, go over to iTunes and leave us a review. That would really help with visibility. And it's not just helping us three. There's a team here at BXP Games. There's Adam, there's Rob, there's Stephen, there's Cameron. Have I forgotten anyone, Richard? Uh, if you have, I have. Cool. I don't think I have. You know, that's good. I actually remembered Stephen this time, so he won't send me hate mail over Facebook. Um, so that, that's great. So that, look, we're doing stuff. There's always going to be stuff. Next week, there will be a bonus babble from myself. In two weeks, there will be another Bits and Bobs. We should be back on schedule now. I don't foresee many more delays. We're going to have things like the Destiny 2 beta to talk about in a couple of weeks' time. We're going to, there's not a lot of big games right now, uh, but they won't be long, and we'll be inundated with shit to talk about. Trust me. August, I think there's some titles coming out, and then before you know it, will be in September or October, where there'll be a title or two every week. So trust me, there's going to be stuff and a reason to stay tuned to BXP Games. Anything you guys wanted to add here in the final moments of the episode? Um, yeah, my, my final shout out to uh, the Summer Games Done Quick or the Awesome Games Done Quick guys who raised 1.8 million in their um, week of um, speed runs for the... Um, Oh, I've forgotten the charity's name. It's the one with the doctors without... Uh, mobile doctors flying doctors things. Doctors without borders. So, um, <laughs> yeah, big shout out to them. Excellent job again. That's a huge sum of money. I think they should be called Doctors with Wings. I like. I like the idea. Can they have like? Can they have like those like squirrel suits? And they can Flying just come doctors, in. Doctors like that. 80s. <laughs> oh my god, this shit! I'm for that a long time. And anybody, anybody you'd like to pimp or thank Richard, like you were doing an Oscar speech? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm open to anything here. Shout out to my dog who's been ill. You can. Oh. Here. He's probably recovered by the sounds of it. Squeaking. What's wrong with Frank? He had massive back problems. He's not been able to walk for two days. So I took him to Fuck. the today. And I've uh, got him an injection. He seems fine for the moment. So think Shit, of Frank. Man. Love to Frank. We love the pets here at Bigsby Games. Much love. So I think with that, with that slightly sad but optimistic ending, to the episode. We shall call it a close on episode 28 of Beat Speed's Bits and Bobs. See you in a couple of weeks, y'all. Bye-bye! Yo, bye! bye.